Hello, welcome to He's Hot, but something's off with me, just Joey T. I've said it a million times, but I will say it again. You can watch the video version of this podcast on Spotify or on my YouTube channel, Just Joey T. I mentioned it because I'm wearing a hat for today's podcast. It's a new one. Um, hats don't agree with me generally. Um, glasses don't generally agree with me. I must have like a weirdly shaped head. I guess it doesn't look weird when I'm not wearing a hat and or sunglasses, but I find uh, glasses and sunglasses to be difficult to shop for. I feel like 99% of them do not look good on me. So I should need new sunglasses. I've been getting just cheaper sunglasses off of Amazon that are like $10, $15 per because... I only really wear sunglasses in two situations when I'm traveling where uh, that's when I usually spend a lot of time outdoors or when I'm driving because, you know, a lot of glare and everything. It's just hard to see sometimes when you're driving, you don't wear sunglasses. And when I'm in the car, I don't really care how stylish or not my sunglasses are. I'm in the car and yeah, that's, I don't care. When I'm traveling and out and about a lot, and I wear sunglasses, I kind of want to have a slightly, not nice, they don't have to be nice or it, it, as inexpensive, because I actually don't want expensive sunglasses, because I'm going to damage them, scratch them, lose them, sit on them, whatever. I don't really want to have the hassle of having to pay extra attention and take meticulous care of yet another expensive item, okay? I'm not good at that. I just want glasses that look decent on me, and I don't want them to be expensive. I don't think that's that hard to do. But it's like buying jeans. It's not something you can really shop online for. I know they've got uh, some websites. I think they have uh, things, AI or something, where you can virtually try some sunglasses on. That's not quite as good as trying sunglasses on in real life. So that's why I don't have decent looking sunglasses because I hate trying on things and shopping out and about in stores and my face is a weird shape. Same thing for hats. Uh, I wear hats not for fashion, not for style, only purely a laziness because I don't feel like doing my hair. I actually just cut my hair to be quite a bit shorter um, earlier this month. I grew up my hair in the pandemic, got it quite, quite a bit shorter. So in some ways right now, it's not hard to style my hair. But the level of laziness of me, myself and I, is that even if it only took 60 seconds to style my hair, there will be some days where I'm too lazy for that. I just wear a hat. If I'm just going to the gym, I may or may not do my hair because like, I'm just going to the gym and I probably have to wash my hair afterwards anyways because I might get sweaty and all that kind of stuff. So why waste the time to put all this product in my hair uh, I'm not trying to impress anyone at the gym. I probably should be, but I'm not. And I, when I come out, I wash my hair anyways. So wearing a hat is what I usually do. This hat, I got brand new, like I said. I'm trying to break it in, I guess, because it's the exact same hat that I bought like a year ago, uh, just in a different color, because I like the hat uh, a lot, I guess. Uh, I had it in navy, and there's a white one. And I'm breaking this one, and I haven't worn this one yet, so I've Take into identical hats. This one fits a lot more weird. So I guess just need to break it in or something. So uh, as you are listening to this, I will be in 
Taipei. I'll be in Taiwan by the time this goes up. That's Tuesday as I record this. Tomorrow morning, Wednesday morning, I'm going to hop on a couple of planes to take me to uh, Taiwan. Is Taiwan Pride this coming weekend. I've never been there before. And I it was, it was kind of sort of on my list. I've got a list of uh, events and places that I want to go. I do like traveling, but I don't need to like see the world. There are a limited number of places that I haven't been to that I want to visit. I mean, I won't die if I don't see them, but it's it's, it's nice to go. It, it, it's like a nice to, uh, it's not it's not bucket list. It's not to like that level, but it's, if there's a good opportunity and I have the time uh, and if it's my schedule, sure, why not? Let's go try it out. So Taiwan is one of those places and happens to be Taiwan Pride. So yeah, um, going there just for like three full days. And I when I planned the trip, I didn't know anyone that was going. But as we're getting closer, I'm hearing more people post on Instagrams or whatnot that they'll be there for that. So I know a small number of people uh, that are going. So hope to hang out with uh, some of them. The only thing I'm anxious about is I don't speak Mandarin. Uh, I speak Cantonese. I'm from Hong Kong, but I don't speak Mandarin. Mandarin and Cantonese are both Chinese, but it's very different. I think I, I feel like this is something I've talked about before, so I won't harp on it. Uh, but I, I'm curious to see what the, this is like such an American thing to wonder about. I'm curious to see what the level of English is in like the stores and restaurants and stuff. That are around that. I'm not there for very long, honestly. And I think if you speak Cantonese, you can kind of, sort of, for like very basic things, be able to function uh, in a Mandarin location, in a Mandarin speaking location. I know like the bare basics of Mandarin. I did take Mandarin classes in high school. So... In Canada, where I went to school, because Canada is bilingual, English and French, you had to take both English and French up until the eighth grade, I think. And then starting in like the ninth grade, uh, that's when you can opt out of one of the two languages. So uh, I, I grew up in an area of Canada, which is most of Canada, where English is predominant in Vancouver. It's only really in Quebec where... French is dominant, and everywhere else in Canada, not that many people speak French, really, honestly. But everything has French on it. Like, everything you buy in a store, every packaging for every item in every store has to be bilingual, no matter how little French uh, is spoken in your neck of the woods in Canada. But anyways, so as soon as I was able to stop learning French, I did. But I think there was some rule or something where... Okay, okay, no, there wasn't a rule. Um, My mom had put me into Saturday school when I was younger, like in elementary school, after we moved from Hong Kong to Canada, my mom put me into Saturday Chinese school. So it was at the local high school um, where this happened. So it was like kind of, it was close to our house. It was the same high school that my brother and sister went to, but I was in elementary school. But on Saturday, Saturday morning for like a half day was Chinese school. And they, you just went and they just taught you Chinese. They like different levels and stuff. But like they borrowed the local high school to like run that program. Um, 
my mom doesn't listen to this and uh, yeah my mom barely has internet and i talked about last time every time i go back to uh vancouver to visit her i help her with some tech stuff i mean she technically has internet now but she doesn't even know what a podcast is anyway she she doesn't even know how to use google every week i think i went to chinese school saturday chinese school for i think this was four five six maybe for like four years or something like that and then when i got into like um, high school, we start on the eighth grade. I think that's when I was able to take Mandarin as one of my courses in high school. And therefore, my mom allowed me to stop taking the Saturday Chinese school. So the Saturday Chinese school was still in Cantonese. And obviously, my mom's thinking was, well, Joey's only eight. Now that we live in Canada, he doesn't, he still needs to learn more Chinese. He still needs to learn more Cantonese, like reading, writing, vocabulary, all that kind of stuff, which is, you know, any like sensible parent would probably think that, right? If they're moving to a different country with a different language, they would probably prefer their kids to still keep up their native tongue, if you will, when they're younger, right? I did not like learning Chinese. I was very fascinated by English, but I did not lear- like learning um, Chinese. And obviously, when I started going to school in Canada, everyone was speaking English, right? So, and all the kids at school speaking English. So it felt like English was like the thing. And I started reading all these magazines and stuff about cars and computers and stuff, which I didn't have access to in Hong Kong. But, you know, uh, I mentioned this last time, I would love to read car magazines, computer magazines, because they're like the things I found interesting, even though I was really, really young. I didn't understand half of what was said, but it was all in English. So it's like everything was English now. So in the Chinese school, I think for the first like one or two years when I was like eight or nine or 10 or something, I just did it and it was like fine, whatever. But I think soon after that, I literally started cheating every single week. So the way it worked, the way it works is, oh my God, if I ever have kids, I'm going to, that's a whole other can of worms. If I have kids, I'm not going to force them to learn Chinese. But anyways, the way this worked is um, almost every week we would have a test. And the test usually, almost every time is we would have a textbook and there would be some sort of uh, paragraph or like a number of sentences that we would need to uh, learn the words to, okay? Usually it was only maybe uh, two or three sentences. 15 or 20 Chinese characters, which is not that much, honestly. So it's partially uh, a uh, vocabulary uh, exercise, right? You're supposed to memorize these words and know how to write them without like looking at the textbook. The textbook we had to, it's the same textbook throughout the whole year. And then, but beyond the textbook, we have a notebook, which is just blank pages. And you're supposed to take the notebook and uh, use that for the test as well. So it wasn't a piece of paper that was handed out to you to do a test. It wasn't anything the teacher gave you. There was this basically notebook, a blank notebook that would you use throughout the year for the test, and they let you keep it. Like you just brought your own notebook. If you're, you, you can probably get the drift of where this is going. So I didn't like Chinese school, obviously by then at least. So what happened was they would tell you each week. Okay, next week's class, we're going to be doing the test on like this particular um, section of the textbook. Like like these sentences or this paragraph is what you would have to be.
be able to write out like without looking at the textbook. The teacher would actually read out what the paragraph was. So you don't have to like memorize, memorize it, but you need, you need to know how to write all the words as the teacher read out the paragraph and the words to you. So what I did was, because we all get to keep the notebook where we would be writing the test in, I would take the notebook, I would go to the next blank page where we'd be writing next week's test, and I would take a pencil, and I would write in there very, very, very faintly the entire paragraph, all the characters, all the words for the upcoming test so that you couldn't see that anything was written on it unless you were like, unless the notebook was like 12 inches away from you. Unless you were sitting right in front of the notebook, you could not tell anything was written in it. And I did this week after week after week. And that's how I passed. I didn't learn anything because I just didn't want to learn it. So, yeah. Um, have I cheated that prolifically in anything else ever in my life? No. Like, no. Not even in, like, high school or middle school or whatever. I didn't, no, I didn't cheat in high school uh, because... Uh, yeah, I don't know. I just really didn't like this concept of Chinese school. I just, I, I just didn't want to do it. It was one of the first things that I ever was forced to do, besides swimming. Uh, when I was younger, like before we moved to Canada, when I was, I don't know, five or six or seven, like parents love to do this, right? My mom uh, told me to, there's this local casino. There's like this one local casino in Macau, actually. Macau nowadays is like the gambling capital of China. There are like tons of big, huge casinos there. But this was in like 1990, okay? Times were different before it, there were like 20 million casinos in Macau. But there was like this one main casino, and it was like not just a casino, it was like also a hotel, and they had like some other, like it was like a nice casino, so it had like all these amenities. And it has... Um, a pool, and they actually taught swimming lessons there. So my mom signed me up for swimming lessons at, you know, like the local casino hotel swimming pool because they offered that. So I don't remember that much of those lessons because I was like five or six and I was really young. But I do remember the instructor forcing me to jump off the diving board. And because I have a fear of drowning, I couldn't really swim. I have a fear of heights. I have a fear of falling. I freak out a diving board. So whenever like gym class or like these swimming lessons, when they force me to jump off the diving board, uh, I, 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 would, I would do it in like my own way. That would get me to like the edge of the swimming pool like, and get me out of quote unquote danger as quickly as possible, right? In whatever way was that felt the best for me. So I remember one time the instructor wanted me to jump off the diving board and then swim in, like, a particular way, but it's like, different breaststrokes or whatever, right? So I think um, the only stroke that I really was most comfortable with was just, like, when you just, like, swing your arms, like, forward, like, you pedal, and then you just, like, flap your feet like that, whatever the, I don't know. I don't, I don't know what that's called, breaststroke, where you just, like, your arms are just going in circles, and then your feet just go pe 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 I'm not making a lot of sense, I know. But he wanted to me to swim, swim. What's that? Uh, the, the stroke where you kind of swim like a frog, where you're like, you're kind of like, you put your arms out from in front of your chest, 
You go straight out and you scoop the water to the side. Whatever that is. He wanted me to do that. He wanted me to jump on the diving board and swim, scooping out water to the side using using that fashion over to like the edge of the to the pool, right? I would jump begrudgingly. And then once I jumped, I was like so freaked out that I, w- I would just swim whatever way I wanted to, which was like the regular way, the most way I'm most comfortable. And I remember him being just like, frustrated and exasperated that I wouldn't do what he wanted me to do. So that wasn't cheating. That's not cheating anyways, but yeah, like beyond the, the, the Chinese school cheating, that's the only time where I cheated so massively cheated so massively in anything I've done in my life ever, because I just hated it so much. And the swimming, I hate it so much as well. So I think this is why when I, when I hear my sister, um, putting my niece and nephew uh, into all these extracurriculars and all that kind of stuff, blah, blah, blah. When I was younger, I was a lot, the younger I was, the more shy I was. I wouldn't say I'm sh- shy nowadays, but when I was really young, I was really shy because like, uh, well, th- that's a whole other can of worms again, but I was shy. I didn't, I, I kind of kept to myself. I didn't say anything, but my uh, t- teacher, parent conferences, teachers always told me I was talkative. So I don't know what the fuck they were talking about. But anyways, so I never really voiced my opinion to like authority figures, basically. Let's put it that way. So I never told anyone that I hate jumping off the diving board. I mean, I'm sure by the body language, people could tell it doesn't look like Joey wants to do this. So whenever I visit my uh, family and then um, my, my sister has my niece and nephew doing all these extracurriculars, especially my um, nephew because he's eight and he's a little older. So um, he's doing ice hockey and he's doing dance like k-pop dance the last time i visited him he was doing k-pop stuff and he was doing piano and i think he was doing like swimming ice hockey dance piano swimming like he's doing at least four things on top of like regular school and i can't tell whether he wants to do all these things he probably wants to do some of them i guess I can't tell whether he wants to do any of these things versus he's just blindly doing what my sister is telling him to do just because, you know, she's the mom, right? Um, because I, I, I'm not saying everyone needs to be as lazy as I am because I'm so lazy. But to do that many extracurriculars, doesn't that seem like a lot for like an eight-year-old? I don't need my kid to do extracurriculars and doing school but apparently according to my sister she, uh, at least he's not stupid he's doing one grade up in math oh, oh yeah he's also doing extra tutoring and uh yeah it was it was um it was the first day that i was back in vancouver and i was having lunch with my mom my brother-in-law and my nephew and um we we're just talking and then they're saying oh um uh uh lucas ha- lucas is my uh, uh, nephew Lucas is gonna go to uh, the tutor place upstairs from where the restaurant is um, at like one o'clock. So like Lucas is gonna whatever he's gonna leave early. I was like, oh, like is he like falling behind and stuff? Blah blah. It's like, oh no, he's like uh, he's uh, a grade ahead in math. So we want to like keep that up. So I don't know. Don't be so try hard. It's I, I guess he's not like doing badly in school. All extracurriculars, but at some point like. Does he have time to even be a kid? Like, does he have time to, like, just chillax a little bit? Because 
every time I talk to her and talk, just figure out the plans for anything. But every time I come back, I ask, hey, I'm coming back in like two weeks. Um, you know, like, uh, do we have plans to like do a family lunch, family dinner, blah, blah, blah. And it always is the schedule we work around the most is my nephew's schedule because he's got so much stuff going on. Like he's got more stuff going on than like almost every adult that I know. His schedule is like so packed to do school and like all these extra things. And it's like multiple times every single week. So it, I'm tired just hearing about it. But every time I hear them, uh, my sister talk about stuff and I'm like, does he want to do these things? Or are you just breeding resentment in your kid uh, uh, unbeknownst to you that you're doing this? But like he's he, he kid's pretty young. I'm pretty sure at any point now they're gonna force feed him Chinese. He's gonna take him to Saturday Chinese school, and I am fully ready to teach him how to cheat in Saturday Chinese school if it does come to that. Oh, like they're, they're also going to a private school, so I don't. I've not looked into this, but uh, they're paying money to go to private school. Um, I'm not a parent, obviously. I'm, I'm a bachelor. And I've not looked into this, but all I know is how much they're paying for private school. And damn, that shit's expensive. Kids are expensive. Kids are really expensive. I'm thinking, are uh, the public schools so bad and the private schools so much quote-unquote better that you want to put your kids in private school and spend all that extra money? I would rather put, it was my kid, I think I would rather put the money for private elementary school instead of doing that go to public school, we'll try to live in like in a decent school district for you. But I would save that money and put that towards a college education fund for you, honestly, so that you don't have to end up with so much um, college debt when you graduate. I think that's probably like the smarter long-term goal. I don't know if they're saving for his college, but I wouldn't, I don't know, to, to pay that, the amount of money you can pay for private primary school, like elementary school, when they twin the numbers, it's like, that's crazy. Like, people can go to college, or community college, I guess, I don't know. Community co college for that. That's like a crazy amount. Oh, my goodness. So, yeah. Um, uh, I won't be visiting. I'm, I'm going to visit uh, uh, my, my parents in December the next time I go to Vancouver. So I'll get an update for that. The other thing I wanted to talk about this week is I'm trying to get into... TikTok, not because I'm trying to be like hip and with it or whatever with the Gen Z people, which I don't, whatever. Uh, I'm not trying to do it just to do it, but I do need to learn it to um, do sh social marketing for the business. I'm trying to start up. I want to get more uh, familiar with the platform. So I'm doing it personally just for myself for now. And one of the things I'm finding out uh, really quick is that this is going to sound so basic to most of you that remotely touch TikTok, but I haven't really even like looked at TikTok videos until like very, very recently. And TikTok videos are very, very short. So apparently when TikTok first launched, videos were only 15 seconds and they've like, extended it a couple of times. I think it's like 60 seconds or like two minutes or whatever it is now. So I was talking to someone that has some success on TikTok, but more than me, I have like, five followers or something like that. Um, and I saw some of their stuff and then he showed like, I tried to upload like three, two or three separate videos. And then he's like, yeah, these are too long. They need to be shorter. And they were like 
30 second videos. I always have this like YouTube mind frame when I'm creating videos. And he's like, oh, like, these cuts need to be like way shorter. You need more caption. You need to put like a trending song in there, blah, blah, blah. So I'm very slowly learning how to have, I hate the word viral. Like I, 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 I have a problem with that term personally. I think it's accurate to describe quote unquote viral videos. I'm not trying to go viral per se. I'm not trying to get popular. I'm just want, I just want to figure out what works and what doesn't work vis-a-vis the you, the TikTok algorithm. For example, right? I want to know like, you know, what are if I want to create successful TikTok videos, they don't have to be like viral and get like a million views or whatever, you know, get some practice doing that. So, and one of the things I having problems is finding just coming up with ideas for TikTok videos. I know that a lot of people do dance and lip syncs and that kind of stuff, but I think I'm trying to find ideas for videos that is an overlap between something that would be a successful TikTok video and also the type of content I would actually want to create. There's a difference between creating content primarily or purely just to have it go viral or be successful or just get lots of hits, even though it might not be a video that is in good taste or is reflective of your own values. It's kind of like, if you look at it as a business, sometimes if you just want to turn a dollar, you can turn a dollar, whether you believe in that thing or not, right? A lot of people do that. Just to use the YouTube world as a reference, because the concept is the same. There have been... More than a few notable YouTubers over the years, this is not a new phenomenon, where they've done very questionable YouTube videos, and at least hindsight is twenty twenty. but even without hindsight, just at the moment, where they obviously did it only for the publicity and for the clicks and for it to trend or get talked about. And it's either something that was like super shady that they did or something that was like very, very questionable or it extremely poor taste or maybe it's like unethical, occasionally even illegal. And, you know, they they just want to get the clicks, you know, whether when they're and, and honestly, when you get to like that level and a lot of the videos you watch and I'm learning this for TikTok, but I've learned that for YouTube for already. Anytime you see. Any sort of video, Instagram, TikTok, YouTube, whatever, that seems to be like a viral video nowadays, it's not by accident that that video happened most of the time. Back like 10 or 12 years ago, it would have been easier to have, you know, like accidentally a viral video without really thinking too much about how to make one. These days, there's so many content creators, so many people posting so much content on all these platforms that... If you want like a good, you want like a really successful video, 90% of the time and the odds are you have to plan out that video. There's a lot of work that goes into videos, at least for, if you want to do like a one hit wonder, maybe you might have one or two of your videos go viral. But if you want to have on a sustained basis, consistently well-performing videos on YouTube, on TikTok, whatever it is, so that's not just like one or two or three videos here and there. If you want to be consistently, if you want to consistently get the views, consistently get the clicks, that takes work, like without doubt. So every like popular, successful, famous, 
social media influencer person you see on any of these platforms that are consistently churning out successful videos or lots of views, a lot of work goes into that. And the end product sometimes look quite effortless, especially in the shorter forms like an Instagram reel or on TikTok. You might watch a 15, 20 second thing and it's like, oh, how much effort could it take to make a 15 second video? Yeah, they were dressing up. Obviously, it looked like they you know, set up a camera to film themselves. That video could have taken days, if not like a week to really plan out, especially if you can do a collab or something, right? You, yeah, you could sometimes not imagine how much time and effort it takes to set up a shoot, even for the shortest of video. So all these people that, again, over the years have done very questionable videos with very questionable content, they did not happen by accident. Something in their heads were thinking, we got to get more clicks, we got to get more views, got to make more money, whatever it is. It's like, oh, we need something more controversial or like more shocking or more clickbait or more whatever, more, 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 because the vast majority of them, they were doing YouTube or TikTok or whatever for a while and they needed to keep things fresh, right? So it's kind of like, okay, you get to a point where you've done so many different types of videos. It's like you need to find something new. You need to find something unique, right? There's more and more people doing videos now. You know, these people have been in the game for a while. Got to keep things fresh. And yeah, sometimes that mindset can get kind of addictive and then kind of messes with your head. So you're like, okay, this is probably not something I would have done three or five years ago, but hey, they feel like they need to do it for whatever reason. So I am not trying to do that. I don't need a million followers. I don't need a million views. If I got like 10, 20, 30,000 views on a video, I would consider that pretty damn good. And I don't need any more of that. There was one video that I posted um, on, uh, on TikTok. And it's the only video I posted where... It actually was a bit of a spur of the moment thing. I was literally walking home from the gym and you guys have heard me rant about cars and drivers and all that kind of stuff. One of my pet peeves about driving is when people park or stop in a driveway in a way that blocks the sidewalk. So, you know, a lot of places, um, the driveway is not very long into an apartment complex or your house or whatever. So when people stop the car, um, on the driveway, but their car blocks the sidewalk. This is such a basic thing for me. For a regular, fully able human being like me that has no difficulty walking, and especially walking around things, it might seem to you no big deal. But what if someone is, you know, like, what if, like, an elderly person with a walker needs to, like, is walking on the sidewalk, taking a stroll, and they've got a walker, and, like, it's difficult for them to walk around your car, which is blocking a sidewalk. Also, especially if you could have just moved your car up like by three feet further into the driveway so that your car is not blocking the sidewalk. You can stop in a driveway without blocking the sidewalk. That like drives me crazy even more because there was like no reason at all for you to not be blocking the sidewalk. When someone's in a wheelchair, like, and they can't go around your stupid car that you could have just moved three feet up and it drives me crazy. This is exactly what happened like a few months ago when I was walking back to from the gym and this car 
pulled into a driveway, fully blocking the sidewalk, and they could have easily pulled up another three feet and be completely clear of the sidewalk, and they could have like stayed stopped in their driveway for whatever the reason that they have because they explosive I explosive diarrhea they needed to get in their house or something. But I was so miffed that I was like, I'm gonna take a photo of this or I'm gonna take a video of this. I'm gonna post it on TikTok. So I posted this photo. I was like walking towards the car, but it's like from 30 feet away, I can tell the whole sidewalk was blocked. So like from like 30 feet away, whipped up my camera, started recording, and I recorded as I was walking towards the car, and I was like, and I was uh, and also as I was walking around the back of it, and as I got closer, I realized there were like two or three people. At, like they were clearly with the car in some capacity that were just like chit-chatting about something. I don't know. They weren't fighting that they had, you know, they were just having a nice, pleasant conversation. And I made sure to get their faces in this fucking video. So I posted that and that one's got like 41,000 views. So I think that video was successful, I think, or it got some number of hits. But my other videos have like five views. I think that one got some clicks because probably because the caption that I put on there, because I like wrote this like very, very sarcastic rant in the caption that was like a mini paragraph. It wasn't just like a one-liner. It was like super, super sarcastically done. So maybe I do more of those. There you go. But yeah, I'm going to like brainstorm some ideas of like videos I can make because again, this doesn't happen by accident that will get me some number of views. I don't need a million views. I just want to figure out like, you know, get experience with how to create successful videos. They don't need to go like viral per se. Um, yeah, just learn how to do TikTok. If you have <laughs> tips to give me on how to do TikTok, please leave them in the comments down in the YouTube description, uh, below the YouTube description below. But yeah, next time, uh, next week when I get back, I will hopefully have a report from you on my trip to Taiwan for Pride. Until next time, bye.